0: I'm behaving today, turning it off, because it's time to hear the word, amen? So we're turning off all the gadgets. Today, um, as we get into part two, bring it, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. And last week, as we introduced this series, um, a new series to the new year, we called it Bring It, and we opened up with an encouraging word. I know it was encouraging for me as I was uh, preaching it, then after hearing throughout the week stories, getting text messages, people that are outside of our church that actually listen to our podcast um, it's amazing. Uh, I didn't think that the message, but I guess that's God, man, and His faithfulness and His Word. I mean, the way it reached people that are, don't even come here, that reached out to me and said, man, I heard your podcast from this last week and you, can't, you, you don't even understand how on time it was and how perfect it was for what I'm going through God's spoke. I mean, I'm just amazed by, by just last week's message. And um, today we're just going to continue on and today we'll bring it again and we're going to play with that. It's going to be a little bit different as we play with that phrase, bring it. And uh, today we're going to bring it back. Can you say that today? Bring it back, right. Bring it back. And that's kind of what I want to discuss today. Bring it back. You know, I was thinking about this and I was going to th- <laughs> do something interactive and funny, but then I was like, man, I'm really going to grab some people out of their comfort zone. So I figured the screen would be enough for today. But you know, um, we live in a, in a world where trends fade, right? They come in, they get really hot, and they it even happens in, in Christianity. It's it's crazy whatever and trends come in and then trends go and then things last for a little bit but and then things are gone and then and then the funny thing is sometimes when you see them come back like and then your parents tell you I did that when I was in high school you think you're cool I wore the same kind of jeans or those shirts I wore when I first dated your mom in the disco era and um and we think we're cool because we're bringing out a new fashion and your dad's like, I did it before you when I was your age and sometimes styles just come back. My Lord, bring it back. But you know, we can think about some of the past, uh, past styles and past eras, right? Like one of our favorite um, is, is deaf, oh, the 70s, right? We, we should have played some disco music, but we, we would hate for someone to get offended and leave our church because I can't believe you played disco music in new life, but... Well, I'll start dancing all the old, oh, I don't even know how to dance, I'm glad that I don't know how to dance disco. <laughs> don't mess with me, I don't know how to dance disco. But that's John Travolta, never looks so... well, okay, back to the future is another one. Um, but that's definitely the 80s, so we have 70, the discos, 80s. We have Ronald Reagan, hey, let's pause on that one, yeah. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, our church loves Ronald, though we, maybe half of us weren't even around when Arnold was president. I was just around born and, and, and I was an infant during his years. But man, wouldn't it be awesome in these days to bring back an, a Ronald Reagan, huh? Yeah, amen, right? Wouldn't it be awesome to bring back Michael Jackson? Thriller! Thriller night! Uh, right? Without the zombies, though. How about Nintendo? Yeah, yeah right. Nite- wait, wait, let's pause, let's pause. I should have brought one, right? <laughs> How many of you remember that? And then you would stick it in, but then you needed the second one to stick it on top of the first one to hold it in in style. Come on. And then you have to take them both out. Blow in and like, come on, Nintendo. How many of you guys, your prayer life was at its best when you had Nintendo? Come on, Jesus. Make it work. Make it work. Make it work. No. Nintendo. Frustrated the heck out of my life. How many of you can say an amen for that? My God, Nintendo. Bam. Michael Jordan. Hey, the best entrance to a basketball game. Number 23. From North Carolina. Remember? I mean, you would get goosebumps watching it on the television because of the dunk. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, Michael Jordan is going to play today. Imagine bringing Michael Jordan back. He was in an interview this week, in a, in a, in last, one of these last weeks, and he was in a, in a, in a gym, and they asked him, do you think we, if you were in your prime that you would beat LeBron James on a one-on-one? He starts to laugh, and he says, would I beat LeBron James on a one-on-one? For sure I will. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I said, yeah, team Michael all the way, baby. Michael Jordan, man, slam dunk contest right there. Hey. I was once a young boy. Oh, don't make me start singing this song. But uh, born and raised. I'm not going to sing it. But I, I, Oh, girls. And, uh, yeah. and Is that in sync yet, right? I'm glad I don't know this group. Don't even know who they are, to be honest. But yeah, sync was pretty popular in the 2000s. You know, we could stop and we could think about all those pictures, whether it was the disco era and Saturday Night Fever. You know, it's funny. I didn't even know the name of the movie. I came to church and I said, what's the name of the guy, John Travolta Dancing Disco? My father. Saturday. He got so excited. <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. I said, okay. He got excited, man. Back to the Future tickles people's hearts a little bit when you say that word, that phrase, that movie Uh, Michael Jordan, man what would I do just to let him play one more game in his prime, I mean all these different things if we could just bring it back, man if we could just bring it back, bring it back bring it back but you know I started to think about this and I said, in my life Have I gone on in life? Have I done things in life? Have I made decisions in life? Have I gone a certain path in life that I could just stop today in 2016 and just look at that and say, man, if I could just bring it back to that day, if I could even change some things, if I could just relive some things, if I could just bring it back to where it's supposed to be. I wonder how many of you have ever said that before. If I could just bring back things the way they're supposed to be, the way they should always have been. I don't know if you've ever felt like you've lost something or maybe you have lost something before in your life. Maybe you felt like that whatever it is, it should really not be the way it is today. Man, that you're sitting there like, I know how, is this, how this should be. Not like this, that's for sure. And I mean, in this church, we, we discuss children, we discuss marriage, we discuss careers, and we always use examples like that so it can hit home. And I'm sure that in all of those categories, it hits home. Like, like, I got married, but today it's not the way I know it should be, right? I've misplaced or I've even lost what it should have been, my marriage, man. Or I had a child or... Children, and what a blessing they are, right? Right? Yeah. But I can't really say that today because our relationship and what it should be does not exist. This is not what I had in mind when I gave birth to my beautiful child or children. Maybe you could say, well, I had an amazing job. What a career I once had. Maybe you could say all these different things. Man, I I once had this great friendship. What What an amazing group of friends I had. Or man, I just had this different attitude back in the day. Or I just had this different way of thinking. The way I used to think is just different and was different. I just feel today sitting here in church that I've lost it. And I'll never be able to make it right again. I'll never be able to bring it back to what. Or where it should be. Please don't raise your hand. But I wonder how many of us have felt like that or maybe even feel like that right now. Man, if I could just bring it back. I started to think about King David. King David felt like that more than once if you study his life. But in one occasion, he felt strongly like this in regards to the presence of God. And I want to just sit on this for a little bit. You see, as we discuss the Ark of the Covenant today, the Ark of the Covenant was, a, was special to the Jewish people. The Ark of the Covenant, actually, if you ask a Jewish person in Israel, hey, what's something you want to bring back? Like we just flashed um, pictures from the 80s and 90s and 70s and all that. They would definitely tell you, we want to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. That's one thing that they're longing for today. They are. And if you think about the Ark of the Covenant, it was special to them. It was was special to the people of Israel because it was part of the Mosaic Covenant. Covenant given to the Hebrew people. And it was a symbol. And it was the location of God's presence. That's what it represented. It's, It's where God's presence reigned. Where it dwelled and it was important to them. It was in their tabernacle. It was in their temples. The Ark of the Covenant... But during the reign of Saul, we read in Scripture that it was actually neglected. During the reign of Saul, it was ignored. It was actually just laying around in some village. How dare they? But it was laying... The, that which represented to the children of Israel the presence of God was laying around, just, just, just wasting away. I will give you a, a spoiler from a movie today because this reminded me of a movie that I saw, but some of you are still trying to go watch that movie so i'm not even gonna tell you what the name of the movie so hurry up and go watch it so i can give spoilers on it but here is the ark of the covenant and it's just like probably like in a desert and it's rotting away all oh, that old thing no, no one no one pays attention to that old thing anymore and it's a it's the ark of the covenant in some village somewhere and as david becomes the new king of israel he's concerned for the ark And he tells his people that it's time to bring it back home. It's time to bring it back home where it belongs. That's key. This is where it should be. And I love that because it shows us David's commitment to God. It shows us David's heart after God. And David understood something that I want us all to get today. David got it. That if Israel was to be successful, if Israel was to be blessed among all the nations, God's presence was to dwell in Israel. That's a good amen. And part of God's presence being with them, dwelling with them, was also, was also them being obedient. And them also chasing after and longing to be in God's presence as well. Because what good is it for God's presence to, to, to be in our midst, but you're, you're just standing and, and not a drip of you even longs to, to be in the presence of God. So yes, they they, they longed for God's presence and and God definitely longed for his presence to be with them. And David understood that. So I want to go ahead and I want to read some passages and some scripture. The first one is in 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And David tells his people exactly what I just told you. He tells them this, let us bring the ark of our God back. Do, do, Do you get that there? Let us bring it back, he tells them bring it back. But notice who it's being brought back to. He says, let us bring it back to us. For, for we have not inquired at it since the days of Saul. One translation says it this way. The NLT says, it is time to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of our God. For we neglected it during the reign of Saul. The ESV says this, we did not seek it during the days of Saul we didn't even we neglected we didn't even seek after the presence of God and David now, in his reign, in his kingship, the new king of Israel, he, he starts off his, his, his kingship with, no, 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 if we're going to start this thing right, if we're going to become mighty Israel, if we're going to become a powerful nation, we need to bring it back, the presence of God, where God's presence belongs, in the midst of his people. And I say, it's, it doesn't change with us, that's for sure. 2016, if we're going to kick butt this year, man, we're not going to kick butt unless the presence of God is in this place. It's in our lives. If not, it's not happening. Nothing's happening. God's presence longs to be with us. Trust me when I say God's presence longs to be with us. but, But the flip side is, do you long to be in God's presence? That's the flip side. It's time to bring it back, David says. And we start a fast tomorrow And some of you are questioning, I don't know if I'm going to do it. No, you just do it. Do it. We start a fast tomorrow. Do it. And in doing it, man, how I hope that we would all jump in together, excited to see what the Lord will show us new about him. There's newness of God. You know that, right? Every day there's new blessings. Man, that we would desire to just drive ourselves to to our proper place. That we would drive ourselves to that proper place. And that proper place, church, is living in the presence of God. A.W. Tozer once said this, Trying to be happy without a sense of God's presence is like trying to have a bright day without the sun. It's not happening. It's not happening. What an awesome quote. Because that, that's what it is and that's what we're doing. And as the pastor, I said, man, we got we to gotta come at 5 in the morning. We got to come at 7.30 on Wednesday. We got to do a week fast. We, we just we, And yes, there's a lot of burdens and there's a lot of prayers. And we're praying for, for brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and grandparents and best friends and friends and, and, and classmates and coworkers. And we're praying for all these things in the midst of our fast. But one of the things that I really want you to pray for and seek is the presence of God throughout this fast. That as you're in prayer and you're in His Word in the next few days, starting early in the morning, when we start this fast, that you would say, man, Lord, I'm praying that you would move me and transform in me. That I would trace my steps. Where have I neglected? When and where did I stop seeking? When did I or we as a church stop inquiring? And like David that we would say it is time to bring back the presence of God if anyone here has neglected it. How many of you are ready to bring it back? We said bring it on. Hey, hey, last week bringing it on is amazing. It's on point. But come on, you'll never be able to bring it on if you do not bring back God's presence. It's just going on your own strength. It's just going in your own power. It's just going on your own might. But what good is that if you don't go in the Lord's strength? Bring it on 2016, but, but as I bring it on, I, I, I can't go without the presence of God in my life. I can't go without this truth of me dwelling in his presence for this year. This year will not be a great year. It will not be a happy year. And like A.W. Tozer said, it will not be a bright year without God's presence. How many of us can say amen? It won't be. It won't be. Man, if I just open up the mic right now and say, come on, who wants to come up here and share a toast? A to- a toast? I'm thinking about the fast ready? I'm going to miss toast in the morning. But how many of you want to share a toast a A test. You could do a toast a because your testimony will toast the devil's lies. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's good. I did that on purpose. You thought I got confused when I said toast? Your testimony is his toast That's a preaching. I'm preaching that next week. You got tested and he got toasted. Come on. Come on. I'm preaching this. Forget my message. I'm going to keep going. Shoot. Man, church is awesome. How many of you love New Life? Love this church. Love what God's doing in our lives. But guys, the truth is, I forgot what I was saying. So let's go back to the word of God. The devil's toasted, right? Here we go. So we jump into this passage where David is bringing back the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of David. And at the end of chapter one, at the end, David, one of his men, touches the Ark. At the end of this chapter, he, he touches the Ark and he dies. And, like, man, that's hard. That's crazy. So now David is filled with anger and he's fearful and he. He says, I can't take this ark back with me. I can't take the presence of God back to the city of David, back to Israel. So it's funny because Scripture says that he leaves it in another location called Obed-Edom. And he leaves it in Obed-Edom for three months. But I want to read verse 14 with you. Same chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 14. And look what it says. Remember the ark of the covenant? Is that representation of the presence of God to the children of Israel. And in verse 14 it says, And the ark of God remained with the household of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. And look what it says next. And the Lord blessed. Everyone say blessed. Blessed. Mm -hmm. He blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that he had. I love that Obed-Edom's household was being blessed while God's presence was dwelling among them. I love that that, that that the scripture just highlights that. A, remember this, he was being blessed, but don't ever forget that the Ark of the Covenant was there with him. That's why he was being blessed. And you don't think David hears about this? He goes back to the city of David and people are coming to him and, and his dinner table while he's eating. He's like, what is it? I'm the new king. I want some privacy. Got my wife, you know? And they're like, king, we got to tell you something. For three months, the presence of God has been in another land. And for those three months, we haven't received the blessing and they're taking it all. What should be ours, they're receiving it because the presence of God is there. It's amazing. Because I look at that and I say, why did David stop? Fear came into his life. I I can't do this. I thought I was going to commit to the presence of God. I thought I was going to be committed to God's people and bring the presence of God. And I thought I was going to be able to do this, but I can't. I'm going to stop right now and just leave it here. And if God moves me, I'll come back and pick it up again if God moves you. So what he does is with the Ark of the Covenant is he just settles with it. He settles with the presence of God and he leaves the presence of God somewhere where it shouldn't be instead of taking it with him. And to his own household. And someone else's household is being blessed when David's household was the one that was to be blessed. But, but he just settles with the presence of God and he leaves the presence of God elsewhere. And I know exactly what that's like. Because I've been to church services where the presence of God is in that place among God's people. But then when I leave, I'm still the biggest heathen when I walk out this door. I left all the presence in here and none of the presence went to the household with me. I just settled I just settled. Oh, it's okay, I'll just leave it at church. No, no, no. You see, that's where we're very confused. Because in a couple minutes, we are going to leave. We're going to turn off these lights and the AC is going to be turned off and it's going to get nice warm and damp in here. And what good is if we say, well, let's just leave what happened at New Life, at New Life today, and we don't take back home to our household the presence of God. Hey, whatever you're receiving now in the spiritual by God, don't leave it here. Don't settle. Don't go halfway. Take the presence of God to your household and change it, change it bring it back with you, bring it back don't, 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 just, don't just say well, you know my wife doesn't really like when I read the word listen, who cares, let her keep seeing you read that word every single day and let him keep seeing you read that word every single day and let your children see you stand in the word of God every single day don't leave God's presence here bring it back with you And and that's what David was doing. David left the presence of... What are you doing, David? Take the presence back. Bring it back. Can you imagine when David went back to Israel? All of Israel? The heck are you doing? You came back without the the presence. You came back without the ark. Get you put back out there and bring back the ark, king. For three months he went without the presence of God. For three months he went without the Ark of the Covenant. For three months, someone else was receiving the blessing that should have been David since the first day. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's time to bring it back. Bring back. Where did your walk with God go off and where did your quiet time with God go off and what was it that caused you to stop reading the word of God and what was it that stopped you from waking up early and praying and seeking him? What was it that caused you to stop staying up late to seek him? What was it that stopped you when you used to jam to the Christian radio and cry and worship? Now you're shaking your booty and the way to work, your your whole mindset and your whole theology in the morning car ride has changed. What was it that was transformed from what you used to listen to to what you listen? to, to what you used to watch, to what you watch, to how you used to live, to how you live, how many of you it's time to bring it back to where it should be bring it back to bring it back to live in the holiness and the godly and godliness, to live back in his presence, his presence back with us go all the way don't just settle with the presence of God I want to keep reading this because I find something very interesting in this story. Here it is, 2 Samuel chapter 6, very interesting. The reason why it's very interesting, it records the same events, the same events of bringing back into the city of David. But in David doing this, he had someone that opposed him. I mean, 2016, we started the year by saying, Oppo- opposition coming, it's It's fine. And I don't want you to ever think for once that I'm not going to tell you this. So here it is. Ready? I'm going to tell you that don't ever think for once that when you live in the presence of God, opposition will not come to try to destroy you from living in the presence of God. So he comes with the presence of God. And someone opposes him because of his joy. I want you to highlight that in your mind or in your notepad. Because of his joy, someone opposes him. Someone very close to David stands before him to rob the joy of the Lord that the Lord had given him in the middle of his celebration. You know what? That's like you win a Super Bowl and you're celebrating the field. The confetti's flying, it's falling on your face. It's like you're in the middle of worship. You're worshiping and you're lost and someone just grabs you and puts your face to their face. So why are you so happy, huh? You're a jerk anyways. What the heck, man. It's my celebration. Let me enjoy this worship for a little bit. Let me enjoy this win. So he's coming into the city of David and he's celebrating. In the middle of it, let's read it. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 16, it says this. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, I'm going to pause there because I want you to know this there in your notes, in your Bible. Um, that's his wife. It's his wife. Michal... She looked out of the window and she saw her husband, King David. He was leaping and he was dancing before the Lord. And then it says she despised him in her heart. Woman? I mean, she'd be happy. Victory? He's bringing the presents home, baby? And she begins to despise him. I mean, I look at this and I say, man, this is very weird because this is his very own wife. And yes, there is a message here about marriage gone wrong. I, I get it. Husband's gone wrong, wife's gone wrong. Something went wrong in this marriage. But, but nonetheless, there is also a lesson here that sometimes there are some that are closest to us that when they see us finally making things right, when they finally see us bringing things back to order, being blessed, they seem to point out the negative. And listen to what I'm going to tell you. They try to steal your joy, which in return steals your worship. See, the enemy wants to steal your joy because if your joy is stolen, church, don't ever forget this. Your worship will be taken away from you. And that's what was going on here. He's filled with joy. He's celebrating. Here comes this wifey and uh, she tries to steal his joy. But what she does not recognize is that if you steal a man's joy in the midst of worship, you're actually stealing the worship that belongs to the Lord. Because in this church, we've learned in the last few weeks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. We did a whole Christmas series. We ended it with joy. We recognized in this church that joy is of the Lord's. It is given by the Lord. Stealing that joy is stealing our worship that already originally belongs to the Lord. So like we shared last week, bring it on. Here's King David, and he's like, listen, I'm not settling anymore. I already left it for three months I'm bringing this home, baby. And I'm bringing it back. And I hope it's the same thing with us as a church, that we bring it back in this upcoming year. I'm going to read verses 17 all the way to 21. Look at the story and how it goes. It says, And they brought in the ark of the Lord, and they set it in its place inside the tent David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, the offerings and the worship, right, before the Lord. And when David had finished offering up the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts, verse nineteen. And distributed among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread. Oh man, that's going to sound good tomorrow afternoon. Um, a portion of meat tomorrow night is going to be good, and a cake of raisins it's Tuesday. That's going to sound good. Then all the people departed each to his house, verse twenty. And David returned to bless his household. To what his household? Mm-hmm. to bless his household. But Makal, the daughter of Saul, his wife, came out to meet David. And look what she says. Uh-huh. You can already see the tone of voice, right? How the king of Israel honored himself today. Today he uncovered himself. You were dancing in your underwears, babe. You know the girls love you. That's, that's what she's telling him. You, were unco- you uncovered yourself today before the eyes of your servants, your female servants specifically. As one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. You acted like a lunatic today, David. Why didn't you just dance with your clothes on? Why did you even dance at all? You're the king. You got to be respectful. You, know, you got to be mature. You, you, when, you, when you worship, just bow your head and close your eyes. Don't lift up your hands and don't jump. Don't get too excited about the presence of God. You know, you're the king now. I have a whole philosophy on that, but whatever. Verse 21. So David said to Michal, I love this, I love this. If you want to highlight this, underline this, circle this, here it is. Ready? Look what he tells his wife. You can just see a smile, right? The smirk. It was before the Lord. I don't care about those women. I don't even care if you saw me through the window. This stuff that went on right now in the courts, it was before the Lord. You think this had something to do with my female servants? You think this had something to do with even you? Baby, you got this thing wrong. He says, it was before the Lord. And now he gets serious, because you know when you start talking about family, it gets serious, right? He chose me above your father. (laughs) You know, you're talking about my dad now. Okay, now it's going to get really ugly. He chose me above your father and above all of his house. Yeah, you're just mad because your uncles are not here and, and your brothers are not here. I'm the king now, baby. Not your dad. But he's like, this was before the Lord. And look what he says next. To appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord. And I love this. And I, I mean, you could just see him, right? And I will celebrate before the Lord. You know what he's saying, right? You can't stop me. Bring it on. I love that. I love that. What a discussion between a husband and a wife. I'm not going to stop dancing. I'm not going to stop celebrating. And I will dance as often as I like before the presence of God. I will celebrate before God. How many of you can say, wow, that's good? That's good. Guys, don't let anything this year, this week, don't let it rob your joy. Because in robbing your joy, it robs your worship. Keep your joy in the midst of whatever may rise. Keep your joy in the midst of whatever opposition. Keep your joy and keep your worship. Live in the presence of God. Dwell in his presence. Bring it back. And don't let anyone, anything stop you from worshiping. Bring it back. Live in joy bring back his presence how many of you could say amen bring it back bring it back so as i almost get ready to end i say it's not too late to bring it back cuz maybe you're here like i don't know that stuff is encouraging but i'm not sure it's not too late if you're taking notes you could write that it's not too late to bring it back i'm going to give you a new testament example peter in the book of Acts chapter 3 if you have your Bible you could take it out there and open up to Acts 3 and in Acts chapter 3 he's speaking to the Jews and he's actually at the Jewish temple and as Peter is speaking to the Jewish people at the temple the place of worship for the Jews he's reminding these Jews of their rejection towards Christ the Messiah he's reminding them hey you guys rejected him you guys decided to crucify him. I mean, You guys made the wrong decision. You guys chose, I mean, poor Jews, right? In attendance. And I want you to remember what the Jews did. I want you to remember what the crowd spoke. I, rem- I want you to remember that they cried out for a murderer to be released and for Jesus, the Holy One, to be crucified. I want you to remember all that scene that you might know of before the crucifixion of Christ. So Peter comes back to the, temples, the temple sometime after Jesus ascends to be with the Father. And he begins to remind the Jewish people of their rejection towards Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah. And I want to go ahead and follow on here or, or catch up in verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14. Look what Peter tells them. He says, you rejected this holy and righteous one. And instead, you demanded the release of a murderer. He says in verse 15, you killed the author of life, but God raised him up from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. In verse 17, he's like, friends... I realize that what you, what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Can you imagine? You're an ignorant people, he's telling them. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. I mean, this, this passage is, is amazing. As I say, it's not too late to bring it back, because here's Peter, and Peter is telling them, hey, you made wrong decisions. You chose wrong. You lived out in ignorance. And yes, Thank God for his mercy and grace that he uses it all to fulfill his prophecy and to fulfill his will. Thank God for God. (laughs) And and I read this passage and I say, it's no different from the Jews and us here in this church. We've made wrong decisions. We've chosen wrong. We have lived out in ignorance, (laughs) right? But, But I love that God has used it all for his glory and he can if we just bring it back and we settle things with the Lord. And I'm sure some of us have done wrong. And you know what? I'm loved that, I love that when I look at Scripture, it causes me to confront tough questions about myself. Many times I don't like what I see when I read the Word of God. Many times. How many of you, does that happen to you? I'm the only one. All right, I need work. Many are the times that I don't like what I find out about myself when I'm in His words. Many are the times. But I also see that when I get into his word, it's not too late. Because as Peter is telling them, you were ignorant, you crucified them, uh, you chose to do this, you lived out in this foolishness. Look what he says in verse 19. In verse 19 and verse 20, he says, But repent therefore. Repent therefore, and, and I like this phrase, and turn back, the ESV says. That your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that He may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Here's Peter telling people that made wrong decisions, made a bad, uh, made a wrong choice, and he says, There's still time. You can still bring it back. And I read this and I say, I can still repent and I can still turn back. I am still able to live out in obedience. I can bring it back. I can fix things with others, fix things with myself, and most importantly, I can fix things with God. How many of you could say amen? It's time to bring it back. And as Peter shared that with the Jewish people, don't ever forget the story of David that I shared earlier. Because maybe you left the presence of God elsewhere. Maybe you've allowed someone's or something's opposition to steal your worship. Whatever it was that has caused you to stop living in the presence of God, whatever that might be. I don't want you for once to think today at church that it's too late to bring it back. Peter tells the Jewish people, you still have a chance to repent and you still have a chance to turn back. It's not too late for you. You could bring it back. How many of you could say amen? And I praise God for this because I'm still able to fix, Lord, what has been broken. I'm able for this upcoming year for your presence to live with me and for me to live in your presence. Lord, I I long to bring it back. I long to bring it back. So David dies, and as David dies, his son takes over the reins. His son's name is Solomon. Solomon becomes the king. You see, there's something interesting about David. He he fought so much. There was so much war during his reign that his hands had too much blood on him so God said David you can't build me a temple there's too much blood in your hands but oh but your son he's gonna have peace from every side and your son his hands he will build the temple And David before he dies helps gather up some of the artifacts that will go into the temple Solomon finishes it up bringing in cedar woods from Lebanon and so on and so forth and Solomon does something that God's always wanted for his children Erect for me a place where I could live and dwell and my presence could be in every day a place where I could tabernacle I could dwell in so Solomon builds this temple of God in Israel for the first time and, and the Lord reminds Solomon that And it reminds Israel what they were to do as they built this new temple. They were to be obedient. They were to be faithful. And if they are obedient and faithful, they're never going to lack. And they will never lack from God because God will always show that He is faithful to them. So I want to read a passage that is quoted a lot. Don't want to take it out of context. I really mean it towards the Jewish people. I really mean it how Solomon experienced it. I really mean it the way the Jewish people meant, um, experienced it and received it, but I could definitely see how it's no different for me today. And This is what the Lord tells Solomon and the Jewish people. Here it is. People who are called by my name humble themselves pray and seek my face and Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sin and I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever that my eyes and my heart will be there for all time how many of you can say amen what a promise to Solomon what a promise to the people of Israel be obedient be faithful turn back bring it back Man, I will be there. I will hear you when you pray. I will see you when you enter this house. I've made it holy. My eyes, my heart will be with you. There for all time. But you need to turn from the wicked ways. Turn, bring back. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close off. You could close your eyes if you want. You don't have to, but you could. You can lift up your head to the heavens. You can lift it. You can bring it down and examine yourself. But how many of you in here today, God is calling you to bring it back? bring back that worship, bring back my presence. How many of you today, God has really just stirred your heart today? And you are saying, man, that's me. I've I've been called to just bring it back, man. I can't go on like this one more day. It's not the way it should be. It's not the way I remember the Lord speaking it to me. It's time. How many of you can receive this word? can open up your hearts and can admit today Lord here I am today I will make a commitment to not settle with your presence but bring it back to the household bring it back to where it belongs how many of you is that for you right now right there just say that's me God anyone that's me anyone else that's me that's me every eye closed you don't have to worry about anyone but that's me that's me anyone else Lord that's me I, I take this pledge today I bring it back today I, anyone else anyone else that's me God that's me that's me i I got to bring this back listen the truth is how can I pray for you what can I say to you that I haven't already said You raised your hand if you opened up your heart let's worship this king this savior this lord of ours one more time and and as we get our worship back say lord i i stand before your presence and i make this commitment today that i will stand in obedience and i will take your presence take your word take this all serious and i will bring it back to the household to live in the blessing in your presence so if that's you today as we worship cry that out to your God the altar's open, if you want to come up and, and you want to pray on something I, I tell you to come up, come up right now but if you raise your hand right there where you're at, open up your heart and say Lord that's me, I bring it back this year starting right now, I start the fast tomorrow I believe for this Lord I, I love to live in your presence I know you love for your presence to dwell among me so come on church, let's Let's sing this one more time. Let's glorify our King. Bring it back right now in worship. And if you need prayer, come up, we'll pray for you. But if you're there today, and that was you, lift up your voice. Pray after your King. Yes, let